Hi, and welcome back to another episode of the Empowered Birth Podcast. You are in for a treat today because I have Kimberly Spencer on the show with me talking all about the power of the mind and language in pregnancy and birth. Kimberly Spencer is an award-winning high-performance coach and trainer, Amazon best-selling co-author, international motivational speaker, and the founder of crownyourself.com helping visionary leaders build their empire and stand out boldly in their full potential. Her work has been featured on the CW, ESPN, Netflix, Chicken Noodle Soup for the Soul, and NPR and Thrive Global, CNBC, and Forbes. You guys, you are in for a treat for real. This episode kind of rocked my world, and I think it may for you as well. This episode had so much great information that I'm actually releasing it in two separate episodes. And just a reminder that if you're looking for a community of empowered women to encourage you on your way to a blissful birth, then you'll want to join our private Facebook community at facebook.com slash group slash empowered mamas tribe. So let's get into the show. You're not going to want to miss a second of this. You may even want to take notes. I'm excited for this episode. Let's hop in. This is a different kind of podcast. I'm a different kind of nurse and a different kind of doula. Hey there, my name is Alan McLean and I want to welcome you to the Empowered Birth Podcast. My mission here is to encourage you to strive for the best birth experience possible. Knowing full well birth is unpredictable, but also knowing that you are powerful and you are able to make the best decisions for you. You're going to get information you won't hear in your basic childbirth education class, as well as stories of women and birth professionals who are stepping into their power and birthing their way. You're going to get all the information you need to confidently navigate your journey from pregnancy to postpartum. This podcast is for the woman who is wanting a natural childbirth, but feeling unsure in her ability to. She doesn't know her options and she's feeling overwhelmed, looking for a guide. Is this you? Then stick around. You're exactly where you should be. Hey, Kim, thank you so much for joining me on the Empowered Birth Podcast. I'm really excited for our interview today and just to hear your story and hear what you do. So would you go ahead and just do a quick introduction? Let my audience know who I'm talking with today. I'm Kim Spencer. I am a certified high-performance coach. I work typically with visionary leaders on building their empire, standing out authentically, and really serving from a place of soul. And what sent me on this mission was actually finding out that I was pregnant with my son. Prior to that, I'd been doing what I call productive procrastination in my business, where I would be doing all the things. Like my husband had a joke that I was always busy, but I never, like I couldn't even get through a Netflix show without turning on my computer within 15 minutes. I have no idea what I was doing because I was always busy, but I wasn't making any money back then in my business. And then I found out I was pregnant and that was a catalyst for the person that I needed to become to be the mom that would be worthy of my child. 
Like, and that was the thing that I said, I, I knew that I needed to take my business pro and take it seriously if I was going to be also the, the mother that I, I knew I could be for my son. It's amazing how pregnancy changes us and birth. And I'm really excited today because we are going to be talking about how birth can really impact a business owner and just a woman in general, how much our lives can change because of this experience. So before we go any further, would you mind sharing a little bit about your first birth story? Yeah. So my pregnancy, I was working with a holistic woman's health expert to get me pregnant because I thought that hormonal stuff. I'd had, I'd been bulimic in the past for about 10 years. I was bulimic from 12 to 22. So I didn't know how much damage I'd done to my body during that time. So I was, I was concerned. I didn't think I would get pregnant so fast. So I spent the past three months really getting prepared. My husband went on detoxes. I put him on detoxes as well. He plays half into it. And then I found out I was pregnant within like two months. I was like, wait, what? We just started trying. Like, <laughs> it wasn't supposed to be this fast. And then at simultaneously, after I found out I was pregnant, we had the opportunity to actually be on a Netflix show, the docuseries that was highlighting dads. And they liked our story because my husband's 19 years older than I am, first time dad at 49. And I said, sure. And they were like, oh, we like the fact that you're weird and are doing this like natural birth thing. And I was like, oh, you mean like how we've given birth for all of human history up until about the past 200 years? okay, I'm the weirdo. So yes, part of my son's first moments are on Netflix in a show called Being Dad. It was a fun experience and so beautiful to capture some of those moments that that I wasn't able to see because I was incapacitated or had a a midwife's arm trying to close up my uterus. So my, my birth was pretty, it was really the one of the most empowering and powerful experiences, it was probably the most empowering and powerful experience I've ever had in my life because we're taught all these stories and having gone through, like when I found out I was pregnant with my son, I immediately signed up for my coaching certification in neuro-linguistic programming, timeline therapy, and hypnosis. And then when I was at the program, I signed my husband up for it too. I said, we're, we, you need to take this certification course so we can be on the same understanding as parents. And so he took it as well. And as soon as we decided that we were going to have a natural childbirth, people came out of the woodwork saying I was crazy, saying how hard childbirth is, saying if it doesn't happen the way you want it to and you have to have a C-section, I want to let you know, like, it's okay. And I was like, it really set the tone for what am I available for? When I make a decision, like when my whole body says, like, this is a decision that I'm going to be making. And this is something I help a lot of my clients with. It's like finding certainty in your body. Because when you find that certainty and you make a decision, like for me, there's no going back. So it didn't matter that people said I was crazy, that people said I was foolish, that people said I was reckless, that people said I was going to die. Like I just decided to not ascribe to that. And it was, I was very grateful to have my friend, Abigail Reagan. She was a midwife for 25 years. She was a client of mine and she was kind of, talking me through this is like, you know, from one weirdo to another <laughs> and just allowing us to be like, she said, just, you know, people are going to want to share their stories and their birth stories. And 
knowing what I know about humans now, we like to do this thing called commiserate. It's like, oh, wait, you had a trauma birth story. Let me tell you about my trauma birth story. Oh, you had this thing. And so we, I start to identify with this story of trauma and fear. And then you see it played out in the movies where it's like screaming and get out and like you're yelling at your husband. And for me, it wasn't like that. I was in labor for a longer time. I was in labor for 24 hours and I learned so many powerful, beautiful lessons in those 24 hours. It was the 20, it was like a year long's worth of learning in 24 hours crash course. And for me, what I learned is for the first 24 hours, I found myself fighting. I, I started to have fear with the contractions. So the contractions were painful. And so knowing that they were going to keep coming, I started to have fear that they would come. Well, what happens is when you have fear that they're going to come is your body isn't allowed those moments of relaxation where our bodies are oscillatory beings. Like we are supposed nature oscillates. We're supposed to ebb and flow. We're supposed to go from the sympathetic nervous system into the parasympathetic nervous system. We're supposed to go in from fight or flight into rest and digest. So but when you hold on to that fear, it's keeping your body in a tense, stressed out state. And so that's how mine was, is, is I wasn't dilating fast. Um, after 16 hours, they were like, let's go to the birthing center. My doula was there supporting me. And she was like, let's go to the birthing center and just see. It was funny though. When I started my contractions, my husband was so diligent and he got out his little pen and paper and his pad. And he was like hanging with me in the bathtub and he was very, he's a doer. So he's like very diligently like going to do something. And then I said, I think, I think that I'd like to call the doula. And so I called my, I called my doula. I said, Hey, I really like your support through this. <laughs> like a little bit, this is a little bit more challenging than I thought. Cause I, I went in with a bit of pride where I was like, Oh yeah, run five marathons. Labor is going to be nothing. And it was a little different than running five marathons. So when I was going through the process, my husband was like, do you want us to call the Netflix producers? And I was like, oh, hell no. Because I thought, oh, it's going to be easy. This is, this, this is going to be great. But what I wasn't told, and here's something that was really powerful for me about subconscious suggestions. One week before I went into labor, I happened to stumble upon this article that was just the seven things you didn't know about going into labor or something, something ridiculous like that. And I caught the first one. And the first one said that you can vomit. And I was like, oh no, because ever since like I was bulimic for 10 years, I can't even imagine going back to that identity, but my body still has, your tissue remembers things. And so my body went into this like subconscious suggestion and I literally, I can remember that article and I remember accepting that suggestion. It's almost like looking outside of yourself and looking in and you're like, oh, don't go in that door. Don't go in there. And that was exactly my experience of I was like, why did I read that article? And there was a process that I could have done. I could have done some timeline therapy as I did with another one of my suggestions that I felt really powerfully hit me because I was in a session with a client. It was my last session before I went on full maternity for two weeks before I went into labor. And we wrapped up her package and she just made a suggestion. And it was a suggestion about like, well, if you have to get a C-section and I just, I remember it emotionally hitting me. And when something emotionally lands, that emotion, your, your subconscious mind is the domain of the emotions. And so when that emotionally landed, I remember telling my husband, I said, we need to do a timeline therapy session right now. Like we need to go back to the root. I need to get the learning. 
we need to do a little hypnosis because I, this, I, I said, I felt this one stick just enough that I just, I don't want it in me. Like I don't, I, I don't want that. And so we did that and that worked, but I didn't do it for this one, for this one suggestion of vomiting. And so that's exactly what ended up happening. And so I, for the first few hours, like I, I got to this point where I was very dehydrated after 16 hours and I couldn't hold down any food and I couldn't really drink water. And so we went to the, it wasn't a rush. It wasn't like rushed off to the ambulance or anything like that. We just like got in the car and drove to the birthing center. And they said, you know, that's, they wanted to pop my your water. water. Yeah. The, yeah. The water. And cause they said, oh, you know, you're not speeding along as, as fast and after 16 hours. So that's fine. And then they said they, because I was so severely dehydrated, they said, we do want to administer an IV. And I'd also, they, they had thought that perhaps I might, my midwife thought that I had perhaps been pushing too early. And so I had started to develop a little bit of a cyst that they were just not concerned about, but aware of. And they said, so you're just going to lie on your side and labor on your side and get an IV in you. And that IV was a game changer because I rested, I got fluid and suddenly I was like, I finally had the rest that I needed and my body got into a place where I was able to surrender. And what happens is when I found that when I was holding onto that fear, that it was my desire, fear can morph into many things, but it can be the desire to control. And that was my desire to try to control this natural process to get this baby out and control it and get it out as fast as possible and efficiently as possible. And no, my, my son was not having any of that. Once we got the IV in, I was able to, like, I felt renewed and suddenly I had a sense of humor again. And like, I would have a contraction and I'd be holding onto like the balustrade and I'd be in my nursing bra and depends. And I remember turning around and my husband was like, <laughs> and I saw him and I was like, bet you'd never seen such a sexy pole dancing show. And he's like, how do you have humor now? And I said, it's called an IV. Like that, that IV was super powerful and it was just fluids. It wasn't any drugs or anything like that. Cause I was very clear that I did not want drugs period. And I remember as I was going through a contraction, my doula said something to me that forever changed me. And she said, Kim, every contraction is Declan working just as hard to get out of you as you are to get him out of you. And it was in that moment that I was like, holy moly, I've had 30 years of hard work. It's this kid's first time. Let me cheer him on. So I suddenly went from the like, oh, I hate this, like to in, in a totally different perspective, cheering my son on through every contraction. That perspective shift changed the game, it sped up my labor radically, along with a couple homeopathics that my midwife gave me. And suddenly it went from being a 16 hour to suddenly I went from four centimeters, barely dilated <laughs> to 10 centimeters within the span of just a few hours. And that was such a game changer for me of the, the process of surrender and of really allowing for that, that just release that full release and that, that breath that comes with surrendering. And there was a deep depth that I found of my own power where I remember thinking, cause I was in the midst of growing my business where I was like, if I can do this, Oh, I can do anything. And it was, so it just allowed me this, this beautiful release and, and strength that I found in me that I didn't know that I had, like, I knew I had it, but I, I felt it and I finally got to be it. 
And then I started pushing and, and then eventually we got to the point to get into the tub. Like my, my midwife, I love the fact that I had a mid, like a whole midwife team. Like it wasn't just my midwife. It was my midwife. It was her assistant. It was the two apprentices. It was my doula. So like I had this like team of feminine energy just encompassing me that felt so good and so supportive. And it wasn't just like some doctor on a checklist to like try to rush me through another appointment. It was, it felt like real, like a team effort. And so I was pushing and my, my husband was holding my hand and I remember my doula saying, Oh, there's the head. And I was like, and I, my husband says, I'll never forget my face. When I like reached down and touched the head, I was like, ah, (laughs) and and my doula was like, do you want to touch it? My husband's like, no, I'm good. (laughs) I'll touch it when he gets out. Oh, man. But it was so beautiful because then like there was a concern because the day I actually went into labor, we had this doctor that we called Dr. Always Wrong throughout my pregnancy, who was really fun by the end. We just loved messing with him because every time he was wrong. And he, I remember because we went in because I had started to have um, not po- polyamniohydrosis, I think it was is called or like only affects 1% of pregnancies. But my son actually started in the last, cause he was later. He was 41 weeks and four days. He started to actually increase his amniotic fluid for some reason. Like they don't know why this happens, but it just happened. And so I was going in for the extra ultrasounds and tests. And I went in for this one ultrasound the, the day that I went into labor and the doctor goes, what are you going to do? I was like, what do you mean what I'm going to do? And he's like, it looks like you're going to have like a 10 and a half pound baby. And I was like, well, I'm going to have that 10 and a half pound baby naturally. And I said, how do you measure a 10 and a half pound baby? Because my midwife had put her hands on my stomach. And she's like, I think it's more like eight, two. And she's like, we measure it by the circumference of the head. My son just is a lollipop. He, he has a very large head. And so there was a concern that maybe large head, large baby, the whole shoulders thing. But as soon as that head came out, he shot out like a cannon. And so, and I remember that moment when they placed him on my chest and I was in the bathtub and because that part was caught on film, like not him shooting out, but just like the moment of him crying and coming onto my chest. And it was really beautiful. I was terrified though. I'd never felt so much love and fear at the same time in all my life. And my husband cut the cord and I still looked terrified, <laughs> but there was so much love and so much power. There were so many emotions And then my midwife team escorted me to the table to like get my placenta all sorted and whatnot. And uh, my son got to go onto my husband's chest and have that skin to skin contact. And it was so, it was so beautiful. My husband just, he turned to me and he said, thank you. It's like, I'm lying on the table with this Eastern Europeans arm at my crotch, (laughs) trying to close my uterus. But he just, and I was like, that moment was just everything for me. Cause my husband didn't think he was going to have kids and to be able to give him that gift. And he's the best dad, like the best dad that I could ever imagine. So it was like, it was perfect. (laughs) Your story is so beautiful. There were so many times I was getting chills during it. I was like, oh my gosh, there's so many nuggets in here that we need to go through. So um, (laughs) first off, like at the beginning, you were talking about how you took a neuro-linguistic programming certification course. Yeah. Can you share more about that? I know reading a little bit about it on your website, 
it was something very similar that I did to prepare for my second birth. And you, even in your story, you were talking about just that subconscious programming and Mm -hmm. what other people are saying. And are you going to choose to accept that as a reality or not? And I mean, I found out so much how language mattered and how stories mattered, the stories I was telling myself and the stories other people were telling me. So affirmations I know were another huge thing when I was preparing for my second birth. I mean, with my first, I had a very traumatic C-section. I built this story, this narrative in my brain, and I had to go through that rewiring because I couldn't, I couldn't do it on my own believing, believing that this wasn't possible. Like, Mm -hmm. I don't think I would have had the birth I did with my second if I had kept telling myself this story. So can you just share more about that and how that couldn't affect a birth and how it needs to be an empowered experience and how this could help with that. Yeah. So NLP for short for neuro-linguistic programming, it's basically how your language directs your subconscious mind. So if you think of your, your subconscious mind, it's running everything. Like we're not thinking currently about growing our babies. It's grown. Like they're, they're growing. Like I'm pregnant with number two right now. She's doing her thing. At least I think it's a she. So we'll, we'll find out soon enough. But like, I'm not consciously, okay, let's create the lungs. Okay. We're going to create these blood vessels and capillary. Like I'm not consciously thinking about that. I'm not consciously thinking about beating my heart, breathing my lungs, circulating my own blood. And your unconscious mind is also the domain of the emotions. It's a magnetic versus conscious mind tends to be more electric. So there's a polarity there. And so what happens is we grow up in society and life, like with our parents, with whatever we grow up with, and we're receiving all this programming and we're adopting it because we see it as how we can survive. So we accept it as our, as true for us, because that's how we see the rest of the world surviving. Like you don't see a toddler questioning if they can walk. They see most of humanity walking on two legs And so they're not doubting their ability to be able to do it. They see everybody walking around like, oh, this is normal. Well, when we normalize things like C-sections, when we normalize things like emergency procedures, and I'm not saying that they're not emergency, but I am, I have heard the term emergency so often that I question how it's being defined. And that is something that I am very aware of certain terms, emergency, everyone does this. They say, these are all terms and phrases that mean something to someone, but they may mean something different to you. So you may hear, like, for example, because I work with a lot of clients who have had trauma in their past. So a lot of my clients will hear, like they'll have a small fire in their business, like not like an actual fire, but like a small problem, a small customer issue. And they'll be like, I'm fighting fires all day long with customers. And I'm like, you dealt with two customer issues. Like, let's be real. Like, let's bring it back. But that's just their trauma and their programming speaking. And so the power is, is in our language, when we look at what are we making these words mean? What are we making what other people say mean? And how does it emotionally affect us? Does it feel good? Does it feel truthful for us? Or does it feel weird or funky? Now, sometimes if you're shifting a belief, like let's say a belief about what you're capable of, sometimes initially, that belief can feel a little weird and funky. It can feel weird and funky to have peace, to be operating in a state of peace, to have a peaceful birth, 
when all you've heard is it's stress and chaotic and fearful and screaming and all that. There, there is an adaptability to every belief. It's just some beliefs we've kind of been conditioned with over time. A belief is just a thought you think on repeat regularly with enough emotional intensity. And when you power it with enough emotional intensity where there's fear, especially when the amygdala hears fear, suddenly it's like, whoop, I got to pay attention to this. So we pay attention more to things that are fear grabbing. And that's why, you know, there's a joke with the news of like when it's sunny, fewer newspapers sell than when it's rainy because we pay more attention to things that we think will be for us. And birth can be one of them because we see it portrayed in many ways with stories of horrific things happening. And that's not necessarily true. And if it were necessarily true, I just choose to question it because how would humanity have survived before medical intervention? So, and that, that's just something that, that I challenge anyone who's listening to is just a question. Okay. Wasn't that amazing? Neurolinguistics. Come on, you guys, this is so powerful. What programming have you believed? Language matters. Are you using the right language? Stories matter. It matters to process and it matters to hear positive stories. So if you need help working through some things that you've heard today on the show, if you want to share your story, figure out beliefs you have about birth and want to know if they're helpful or not on your journey to a blissful birth, then you'll want to schedule a birth prep session with me. So let's talk. Schedule your 60-minute session today and we can debrief a previous birth or plan for your next. Your birth can be blissful. So go to bit.ly slash birth prep session to schedule now. Thank you so much for joining me today. Make sure you come back next time for part two of Kimberly's episode. It's just as amazing. So stay in power, mamas. Thank you again for joining me on this episode of the Empowered Birth Podcast. I'm so excited to have you a part of the movement. And if you haven't joined our private Facebook tribe yet, go to www.facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash Empowered Mamas Tribe. We would love to have you there and a part of our community. We'll see you next time for another episode of the Empowered Birth Podcast.